And it might be you. It might be who's doing what here. But the next Sunday you get up and do the same. You get up and do the same. Because it is the Spirit of God within you that draws you to church. I've realized for a long time that the church is not a building. I'm not drawn to Cafe Rendezvous. I'm drawn to you, to be with you. The church is not a building. The building serves the people of God. The people of God are the church. Jesus came to lay a foundation for the church. Well, in fact, he was the cornerstone of the church. It is the apostles and the prophets' teaching that is the remainder of the foundation, but he is the keystone of the church. And the church is, is built on him. He only makes reference to the church twice in the Gospels. He might have made mention to it many times, but only twice it's recorded. <laughs> One of those verses is found in Matthew 16, verse 20. It says this, And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, will not overcome it, will not destroy it, will not break it down. I'm not going to talk about the rock. I've said it's a foundation. I'm not going to talk about the strategy of the enemy to destroy the church, what I want to focus your attention on this morning is those five words, I will build my church. This, this church, the church of Jesus Christ, has not been left to us to build. For the same reason it wasn't built on Peter the Apostle. It was built on the Word, and Christ is the Word, and Christ is responsible for the building of his church. You're here this morning because of Jesus Christ. Do you count it a privilege to be part of the church of Christ? Do you? Yes. Maybe we don't fully realise yet, but one day we will fully realise how wonderful it was to be part of the church and then to stand with him and to be the church of Jesus Christ. Since the dawn of creation, it has been in the heart of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that God would gather people together, and God would live in the amongst of these people, the midst of these people, and these people would be the church. This wasn't an idea that came because the law didn't work, or the Old Testament didn't work, or the priesthood didn't work. This, this mystery of the church was always in the heart of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, before ever man was created, shared together in their hearts, in their conversation, about this wonderful thing called the church. And you're part of it. I think that's amazing. When I look at you, I look at wonder that you're part of it when I consider my own life and its own shortcomings, that I am part 
of this wonderful thing called the church. Since Christ went back to heaven, every moment of every day and every night, Christ has focused his attention on building the church. He never sleeps. He said, I will build my church, and in coming, he established the cornerstone of the church. And now for the past 2,000 years, he has been drawing the material together that would form the church. And that material is you, your body, your soul, your mind, your being. You are the church of Jesus Christ that will last for eternity. He is the high priest this morning now after the order of Melchizedek. Not like an earthly priest offering sacrifices for us, but of the order of Melchizedek. And he has personally taken a responsibility to discipline, to disciple, and to transform your life. It is not my responsibility to disciple you. Christ loves you so much, he would never leave that responsibility to me. He doesn't leave it even to the church. He disciples you. He watches over you. He cares for you. He plans for you. He programs for you. He teaches you. He gets books into your hand or makes you listen to a particular sermon or brings you into contact with somebody. That is the work of your high priest in heaven, constantly working on your behalf to transform you into the person who has the character of Christ himself. What is this church he's building? What are the materials he's using to construct it? And what will it look like when it's finished? Paul in Ephesians 3, he talks about this mystery. A mystery that is in the heart of God. And God reveals this mystery to the Apostle Paul. What an awesome responsibility. And we can read in the book of Ephesians, he says this mystery that's been there in the ages, has now been revealed to me, and I am revealing it to you. God entrusted this man with this awesome responsibility. The design and the plans were conceived in the Godhead. Possibly millions, millions of years ago. Millions of years ago. It has taken thousands of years first to bring it to fruition. And we know it's taken thousands of years since Christ has gone to construct this church. You will not see the church of Jesus Christ in your life. It is a construction for eternity. This is where God is preparing the blocks 
shaping the stones, cleansing the hearts, reforming the mind. This place, we call it church, but is a, a preamble to what the church is. If I thought this was a church, the church of Christ, I might run away. I met my dear friend uh, Ian James this week, and he told me a story. It's a story, bear with me. Jesus is walking along the road, and he sees this guy. <laughs> He's crying. He's crying. So Jesus puts his arms around him and he says, he says, what's wrong with you? Oh, he says, I'm blind, I can't see. Jesus says, I can do something about that. And he just puts his hands on the man's head and presses his thumbs gently into his eyes. And when he takes his thumbs out of his eyes, the man can see. And he just runs. He runs with such joy and excitement in his heart. Jesus walks a bit further. He sees a man now sitting in the dust. He too is crying. He says, what is wrong with you? Why are you crying? He said, I cannot walk. I'm lame in both my legs. So Jesus kneels on the floor in front of him. He grasps his ankles and he starts to press on them firmly. And all of a sudden, this man feels a power in the lower part of his body that he has not felt for years. He doesn't have to be told to get up. He jumps up. His face is beaming. And he runs down the street with great joy. Jesus walks a bit further. He sees another man. And the tears are running down his face. He says, what's wrong with you? He says, I'm a pastor. And Jesus puts his arm around his shoulder. And he starts to weep with him. <laughs> yes, let it sink in <laughs> I have stopped crying over the church a long time ago Jesus said I will build my church he didn't put in the Bible that Philip would build his church. I have got nothing to cry about. When I look at you, I have nothing to cry about. Because the Spirit of God is in you. The Spirit of God got you out of bed. The cohesive Spirit of God drew you here to this place to sing and to hear the Word of God. Why would I cry? 
Maybe if I looked at your life more closely, I might want to cry. But that's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> See, tri- I can't change you. Who's over there? Oh, let's go have a little look over here. Now. Oh, yeah. What can I do? What can I do in the process of building the church? I simply follow some simple instructions that he might give me sometime because he has laid a responsibility on me to do certain things. But whether you make it or don't make it, that's not my responsibility. That's too awesome. That's too awesome a responsibility. I've stopped crying a long time ago. I could do my best. And it might not be good enough. But that's all I can do. The church will not be fully constructed and finished until Jesus comes. I'm not expecting this to be a wonderful church. It is a church. I look round. And because I'm your shepherd, I know something about you. And I think they're both wonderful and weird at the same time. And I know I've got all these eyes looking back at me and you're thinking, what about you then? (laughs) I know I'm wonderful and weird. On a good day, you think I'm wonderful. On a bad day, you see me as weird. I get that. I get that. But I just look at you in the same way you see. But God has drawn us together that he might transform us to have the character of Christ. Sometimes it moves quickly and sometimes it moves increasingly slowly. And sometimes it goes backwards. He's doing it. Abraham, when he was called by God, he thought that God was taking him and his family, three or four hundred of them, to a place where God would build a city for them. I, I suppose a modern day equivalent would be a bit like the Mormon city. Where's the Mormon city? Uh, in Utah. See, they had this vision that God would take them and they would build this city that was for God. Well, they were wrong. Abraham was wrong. He believed that God said, come, let's go and I will establish a a city. And I will be the architect and I will place the foundations and it will be to the glory of God. It says, the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. There was no city that God was taking him to. The city that he was really going to, is the same city that you're going to. It is the heavenly city. It is the new Jerusalem. It is the church of the firstborn. That's where we're going. We're going to be the church of Christ. We are not the church of Christ. We are the church in its infancy. A church in a mess 
a church being transformed. But one day, we will arrive with Abraham and we will be part of that church. It will be constructed from the lives of men and women. Church was never meant to be a building. Thank God for all the buildings that house the church. But it's not a building. It is a people group. I wish we had a bigger building. We could be more comfortable. But the church is the people group that come and gather together. When you say, I'm going to church, what you're saying is, I'm going to meet my brothers and sisters. I'm going to enjoy their fellowship. We're going to worship God together. We're going to have a laugh. We're going to have a cry. We're going to have tea together, a meal together. To run in and run out, you haven't come to church. You've come to a meeting. God's got more for you than a meeting. He's got a thing called the church. The church. The church will always be people. Whether in this world or the next, it will be you and me and your soul and my soul and your life and my life together. You can run now, but you won't run then. There'll be nowhere to run to. There'll be no homes to scamper to. No dinner to rush home to. Because we will be the people of God. The way he intended us to be. Listen how John describes it in Revelation 21 verse 2. He says, I saw the holy city. I saw the new Jerusalem. You could put in there, and I'm just putting it in there so I'm not twisting scripture. You can see I saw the church of the firstborn. I saw it coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. The heavenly city that's going to come down out of heaven is going to consist of people. There's no streets of gold, there's no great gates. There's no great anything. See, the church is people. 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 It's always going to just be people. Paul describes the church in the book of Ephesians. He has seven descriptions of the church. In 2 and 10, he says, he says we are... Christ's life's work, his masterpiece. It is though he is talking of a, a picture. And here is the artist with the palette with all the colours, which you are one of them colours. And the artist with a canvas in front of him, he takes his brush and he mixes has and when he wants to, to create the colours that he has in his mind, that he sees. And with these, he paints his canvas. That's what you are. You're the paint that he's mixing now that he will put on the canvas and you will be part of it. 
There's lots of browns in some pictures, lots of blues, lots of greens. But they're multiple shades, aren't they? It seems that every brush stroke, the colour's different. What a bunch we are. So different. So different. And yet he's mixing us together. And you go, I think I'll leave Hope, because they're a funny bunch. But this compulsion to go somewhere drives you into another church. And then you go, but these are a funny bunch as well. And so he says, well, I'll mix you with these then. And I'll put you on the canvas. That's the process. Don't leave because you think it's a good idea. Leave only when God releases you to go. You are not at Hope Community Church because you decided to come here. You think God leaves things to your decision making like that, so important? He draws you by his spirit to a house, to a family, where he wants to develop you. I can only go when the Spirit of God releases me. I shared with you some weeks ago, some people have left and they've never gone anywhere else. They weren't released to go. You can't just walk in and walk out of a church. We had just two weeks in Malta. The last thing I wanted to do was go to church. Going into a building is an anathema for me. I want to be with my brothers and sisters. I want to be with the family that he has connected and joined me to. I want to look at Dave's beard. (laughs) I want to see some of you scowling at me like you do. I just love it. I love it. I love it. See, we're family. We're family. You can't just go into some church and go, oh, this is a wonderful place. No, it's not. It's a building full of people that have nothing to do with you at all. You say, oh, it doesn't matter. I could go anywhere. You don't understand the first thing about the church of Jesus Christ. You don't get it. And people will say, I'm going. I want to say, what for? Where do you think you're going? Oh, I don't know. Well, don't go if you don't know where you're going. If you know God has asked you to go and put you somewhere else, then hurry up and leave. But you can't just make that decision willy-nilly out of the top of your head. The church is far more important than that. The church is the working of Christ in the earth. Oh, you said you would say that. You're a pastor. You don't want any of us to go. Sometimes I secretly wish some of you would go. (laughs) Because that is the reality of life. But you won't, you'll stay. And you'll rub all the rough edges off me. And you'll cause me to be a more precious, loving, compassionate, kind person through your ministry of aggravation. (laughs) 
We are his workmanship. I'm finishing at 12. I better speed on a little bit. We are fellow citizens with him in his kingdom, it says in 2.19. In 2.19, it says we're a family of brothers and sisters. It's nothing to do with the building. In 2 and 21, it says we are the temple. When we gather together and we worship him in spirit and truth, that is the temple of God. We are his body. He is the head. We are connected to him. We are his beautiful bride in 525. And he is the captain of the army of the host of which we are soldiers fighting in the battle. During our time on earth, Christ is preparing us in these places that we call churches. The glory that will fill us, the glory that will fill his church, is not for this time. He will justify us, he will sanctify us, and when he comes, he will glorify us. We will then be, when he returns, the glorious church of Jesus Christ. Why did God place you here? Why here? Why in this church? Because he knows you. He knows what's best for you. At this time, he knows what you should be hearing, what you should be doing, where your commitment should be. And it's through this that he disciplines and transforms us. It says this in Colossians 3, 12 and 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people... Holy and dear beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them together in perfect unity. When Christ saved you, he separated you out and said, you are holy unto me. Now there is a holiness that is connected with purity of life. I'm not talking about that. A holiness that is a separation unto God. And he declared you as his dear be, dearly beloved. Before you had done anything right, you were declared as his dearly beloved. So we're in. This is it. But then he places a responsibility upon us. We're to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. And we're to learn how to bear with each other and forgive each other. I'm to learn how to bear with you and you bear with me and you carry the needs of the weak. You carry the needs of the poor. You carry the needs of the lonely. You carry the needs of the distressed. You're to learn how to do that. If you're not part of a church, you will never learn. You will simply swan in and swan out. The church is about relationship, one with another, caring for one another, listening to one another, helping one another. People aren't changed through sermons. 
People are informed through sermons and they're changed through their experience. This sermon could be a waste of time. If God doesn't impress upon your heart what I'm saying today and you change as a result of it, it's just another one of Phil's sermons. Don't worry, there's plenty more coming down the pipeline. And when Phil's gone, there'll be plenty more coming down the pipeline and plenty more and plenty more. But they do you no good. Unless you take them. Take the word of God and let it transform your life. Making you compassionate and kind and humble and gentle and patient. And when you've got all these virtues, wrap it all around with love so that we can be a united people. It's only as we share life together can God change us. How long do you spend time with other Christians from this family through the week? How long? See, God's strategy to conform you to his image is through the church. He says, I'll never see anyone all week. He can't disciple you then, can he? He can't transform you. His strategy for transformation is that you will spend time with your family, with your brothers and sisters, with those other citizens who are going to populate heaven with you. If you never see anyone, discipleship becomes a snail-like process. Citizens of the heavenly kingdom, members of his family, the army of God. It talks about corporate groups, never individuals. When people say, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church, I say, no, no, you're not a Christian, you're a believer. Because Christians are part of bodies. To be called a Christian, we must function as a body. Apart from that, you're a believer. Will you be saved and go to heaven? Without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow. Christ saves us as individuals, but immediately puts us in corporate bodies. His masterpiece, his worshippers, his body, his bride. All corporate pictures. I think you're a wonderful bunch. I'm not, you know, it sounds like I'm having a go at you most weeks. Really, forgive me, I don't want to do that. I really think you're a great bunch. Uh, I, think, I think God is doing a perfect job. In fact, I know God's doing a perfect job because he only does a perfect job. He can't do an imperfect job. So what he's doing at Hope is perfect because God's doing it. It's perfect. He's not behind schedule. He's not thinking, oh, my life, I must put some more hours into Hope Community Church because they're slipping back. He goes, what's today? Perfect. You sinner, put that off. (laughs) It's perfect. It's perfectly on time. It's perfectly on schedule. The work that he's doing in your life It's not second rate or shoddy. It can't be, because Christ is doing it. If you go, this person doesn't change very quickly, I get that, but he's perfectly working on you. He will conform you to the person of Christ. It doesn't matter how long it takes him, 
His work is perfect because he works in harmony with you. If you want to drag your feet, he walks with you. But his work is perfect in all of our lives. It's on time. It's on schedule. And it will not fail in any way. That's it. You go, well, I was expecting more from my church. I was expecting it to be different. I was expecting this and I was expecting that. I taught in school. I thought the kids, by and large, were quite stupid and thick and childish. <laughs> about, about 99% of them. But they were children. They weren't the fi final product, were they? Some were easier to cope with and some were very hard. But it was a school, for heaven's sake. Parents who say to kids, would you grow up? And the kid's five. What do you expect the kid to do at five? Lay the table? A school, you see. In all the universities, everyone's an undergraduate. Do you know what that means? It means they haven't graduated. They're not fit for the world yet until they're graduated. Then they can step into their professional domain. Do you know what the church is? It's a place of reforming sinners. And you're one of them. A sinner who's being reformed. That's it. Like at school or an undergraduate. But there is a day when you leave school. There is a day when you graduate. And there is a day when we become the church of Christ. And it won't be until Jesus returns. Oh. You mean I can be a kid? I can mess about a bit. I can do things and have detention. Even the cane. I can play hooky. Knock down ginger. Did you play that? You smash on the door and run. Did you do that? Oh, I never did that. I did. Yeah. And if the person was horrible, we'd chuck a brick at the door. Who yeah. cared about their paintwork? I wouldn't do that now. Yes. See, I was just a sinner being reformed. And that's what you are. You're sinners being reformed. That's who you are. We're fine. You're fine. You understand you're fine. The fact that you're here says you're fine. It's those sinners at home that aren't fine. We will graduate one day. It is through the church that he is preparing us in readiness for the kingdom. Now I'm going to put this on you. You have got a duty and responsibility to this church. If what I'm saying is true, and this is your family, and this is where God has called you, there's a work for you to do. About 20% of the people do all the work in this church. Do you know what that means? We're shattered. There's a lovely gazebo out there and the grass is cut. That's for you. And the place has been cleaned and it's put all straight. 
Who did that? Who did that? Was it you? So, no, I just turned up on Sunday. Someone's going to nicely cook a meal for me. Someone's done some wonderful worship for me. Someone's preached to me, make, a, make me go all excited. And I'll walk out of here and go home and say, oh, I like that church. Well, the church don't like you. You go, oh, no, he's being nasty now. This is the old feel we're used to. <laughs> so, I want you, I'm going to give you all a piece of paper. I want you to put your name on it. If you do anything in this church supportive of the church, whether on Sunday or through the week or some other way, I want you to write it on this piece of paper. Now, if there are things that you would like to get involved in because you can't put anything on this paper or there's only one thing you're doing and that's not really enough, I want you to put on there what you would like to do, what you're available to do or what you can do in support of this ministry. The lists are there. If you don't send it back to me, I will post one out to you again. <laughs> if you don't send that back to me, I will come and visit you with a thought. You say, I thought God was discipling us, Philip. <laughs> well, I'm a bit clumsy. Okay, and he understands that. But unless I challenge you, you understand? Unless I challenge you, you would just carry on abusing the church, not being part of the church. You're going to say, oh, there's nothing I can do. That's a lie. God said he has given to all of us gifts that we can function in the church. Do you know we have a website? You know that? Yes, yes, yes. yeah, you can. Do you know when the website was last touched? Two and a half years ago. Do you know why? Because two and a half years ago, Luke went to live in Scotland. Now, if you know anything about websites, if you know anything about this, you need to get in that office and start putting things on our website. Because we're two and a half years behind. We are advertising things. We are advertising things on our website that we ain't done for two years. Now, I tell you, I ain't going to do this. I don't even know how to put the computer on, let alone design a website. And I'm not meant to do it. But there is someone here who says, listen, I can design a website. I can upload a website. The design is already there. You're just putting more information on. You can change it. There's 101 things to do. 101 things to do. We, we shut the cafe down because we haven't got enough people to keep it open through the week. I'm not saying come in every day. I'm saying there's surely some times when you say, I could do that. I could, I could train me to serve some coffee. I'll, I'll come and serve some coffee. Do you know who comes down here every night, Saturday night, to set this hall up? Do you know who does that? Is it you? It ain't you. I know it ain't you. But it needs to happen. Do you understand? It needs to happen. That's enough telling off, isn't it? It can't take too much telling off, can it? Who would like to help me? <laughs> no, you sit down. Who would like to help me? Somebody else would like to help me. Right, give one of these out to every person. Please fill this in. Please fill these in before you leave today. Pop them on my desk in there. If you don't know which is my desk, shame on you. You don't come to this entry enough. Okay. 
And if I don't get one from you, I will post one out to you. <coughs> They've only been here a week. You're a bit hard on them, aren't you? So what, okay. Now, I hope as many of you as possible can stay for the presentation. And uh, we're going to be talking about what we anticipate is going to happen with our building, the fabric of the building and the church. Talk a little bit on where we are since Lee has gone. What is our thinking? Now we are 50% of our staff down. One or two of these things. And any questions that you have, it's going to be limited. Try and keep it confined because it goes on and on and on to pressing questions that you might have regarding this church and we'll try and deal with it then. Primarily, this is a financial presentation, but we're happy to deal with one or two other things there as well. Okay, that's it. God bless you all. We're going to have teas and coffees. You can go out into the back if you want a bit of space and to talk quietly, get your 